is up, guys? This is Podcast 419, and we are all about unpacking what it means for us to make and send disciples who love and live like Jesus. And in order to do that, we are having conversations about the highs and lows of doing life together. There is no conversation too big, no topic that is off the table. Thank you so much for joining us and making us a part of your week. Let's jump into this episode. What is going on, guys? Welcome to Podcast 419. I'm Brian here with Josh, as always. Yes, Josh, how's it going? Man, I'm good. I'm good. I uh, You're prospering, huh? Oh, man, just uh, just highly favored and, and blessed and all that stuff. Highly you know? blessed and morally favored, that's sir. That's right. That's right. And you know that's what they say. Amen. Well, hey, we're going to be talking today about the one, the only, prosperity gospel. That's right. Yeah. So what is what is even the prosperity gospel, because it is one of those buzzwords in Christianity, like a lot of even non-Christians and secular, you know, news outlets sure. and pop culture, they'll, they probably know what prosperity gospel is. And I put that in air quotes because it can look like a lot of different things. So, so what is it? Yeah. So, so it is a, a twisted version of the gospel um, that is very me-centric. And so uh, it's also known as the name it, claim it gospel. Basically, it's the idea that if I am obedient, if I um, accept Jesus, if I give a lot of money, well, then I'm going to get back a lot of money, or I'm going to get that bonus, or I'm going to get that promotion, or good things will, in my view, good things uh, will come my way. Uh, so it's it's a version, a I would say a distortion of the gospel that, that makes it all about, hey, what I can get out of it. Yeah, and what I've even seen it in terms of like finances and stuff, where if I if I go to the church and I give you know my ten percent like God calls me to, like I should, it's almost like an investment because I should expect favor and blessing to come back from that. And it may not be you know a hundredfold of what I paid in, but you know maybe the green lights and traffic are going to go my way, or that bonus that I was looking for, that position I wanted, I may get it because you know Jesus and I are good, so only good things will come to me. Yeah, man, and that's the tension is a lot of this is a a take on truth that is just, and we see the enemy do this, right? Like the enemy, uh, when he's talking to Jesus in the wilderness, all he does, he takes truth and he just twists it a little bit Mm -hmm. and tries to convince, obviously to his detriment because Jesus is Jesus, but trying to convince Jesus to to do these these different acts um, based on lies. Uh, The most convincing lies are twisted truth, and I would say that, the prosperity gospel is a great example of a twisted truth that is now a full lie. Yeah. And so why is it so dangerous to believe in the prosperity gospel? Like, is it even beneficial for us to have that kind of mindset of saying, okay, well, if I press into my relationship with Jesus, or if I even have a relationship with Jesus at all, you know, he's like the genie in the bottle where now I'm going to get good things and I can ask for these things and he's going to give it to me. Well, that's exactly what I would say is that is the danger is that we have a different distorted view on who Jesus is. When we follow lies, we're not building on the foundation of truth. Uh, And so if it's the entire gospel picture of like, hey, I, this is a transaction between me and Jesus where I'm going to do these things and I'm going to get these things out of it. Well, there is a huge danger that I'm not actually caught up in Jesus, yeah. right? Like that, I'm following a made-up God, especially this version of God, where it's so me-centric that it's about what I get out of it. Uh, and, and again, this is where truth is a little twisted because there are benefits, right? Like God promises us blessing. Like it might not look the way we want, but He promises yeah. that for being obedient and following Him. 
The catch is when we've got this mindset that it's going to be about what I want, when I want it, how I want it, um, we're very confused on who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And I would say sometimes we're following a false god. Yeah. One thing that you said, too, that I think is uh, interesting is like kind of this transactional relationship where if I if I do something, I'll get something right. from God in return. And I don't want that weight on me personally. Like if I'm supposed to hold up my end of the bargain of, okay, well, I have to be a good Christian and I have to go to church on Sundays and read my Bible and all of these things. I am a, a human being, so I'm going to mess up. Sure. And so I don't want that transactional thing because then the weight is on me and I'm never going to live up to this other end of the transaction of a perfect God who wants to bless me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want that weight on me. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people from the perspective of prosperity gospel, it's less of a weight. Uh, it's more of a solution to get what you want. Mm. Right. Uh, and so it's not so much, Oh, well, I mean, there is a flip to it though, right? Like if you're poor, then you're clearly not good with Jesus. Yeah. Or if you're in poverty, well then clearly you have sinned and and you've done done something wrong. wrong. Or if you're sick, um, which there is potentially a truth to that, right? Like we know that sometimes that sickness is a result of our decisions. Uh, we also know that sometimes we are sick to create opportunity to share God's glory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so a lot of those circumstances aren't ours to interpret and try to figure out. Uh, what I do know is that the perception of, hey, if you are sick or if you are poor, then it is always a heart issue. Hey, let's flip it the other way. If you're wealthy and healthy, well, then clearly you're good with Jesus, which mm-hmm. I know is a flagrant lie, and Jesus even talks about that. Um, like that's dangerous and, and leads to even more twisted truths down the road to where we're, we're miles and miles away from the feet of Jesus. Yeah, and we see that in Scripture. Like we see both of those different examples where people um, were sick. Like I think of the lame man outside of the, uh, mm-hmm. the gate and, you know, they're saying, you know, who sinned? Uh, was it him or his parents? And Jesus is like, it's no one, but it's for my glory that he is sick, that people can then see his healing and his redemption and see my power through that. And so looking at different stories like that and looking in scripture, we can see that there has been verses and there have been stories that have been misconstrued and Mm -hmm. looked through a lens to say, okay, well, prosperity gospel is the real gospel. Like that's what Jesus wants. And so I brought a couple of these here so we can uh, talk about them and you can kind of push back on those scriptures. Yeah, I love that. We just uh, we just finished a series in our student ministry called Misconceptions, where we kind of unpacked some of this, mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, there are these Bible verses that if we just read them at face value, they mean one thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then if we actually factor in, hey, what are we talking about in this chapter? Who are they talking to? What is the context? What's going on? Why are they saying it? Um, it changes the entire conversation. And For so sure. at a glimpse, I, I suspect that some of these are going to look like Oh man, obviously, like this is name it, claim it. Like God is promising me good things if I want them. Yeah. Uh, and then if we look at the context a little bit more, uh, we might see something a little different. Yeah. So this is an encouragement. Don't just take our word for it. Don't just like read these verses and and form an opinion based off of it. But we want you to do the research yourself. Mm-hmm. Like look these stories up and look at the context, and you can see commentaries about it because uh, it's going to be super important to have that context for the conversation we're going to have. Come on. So you ready? Let's do it. All right. First one is this. John 10.10 says, The thief comes to only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come, this is Jesus saying that, that they may have life and have it to the full. Yeah. I think often we uh, just make the assumption that 
and this happened with the disciples all the time, they always assumed he was talking about the things going on right in front of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, when oftentimes, like he's like, hey, I'm going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. He wasn't talking about the literal temple. He was talking about himself and like re- restoring us back to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this is just a really good example of, hey, the thief being the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, well, yeah, he does. Like he's trying to steal us from the kingdom. He's trying to... Like, like there is a, a huge separation and a gulf that exists between heaven and hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and life in the fullest, I would contend, is one, the fullest life that we're ever going to experience isn't in this life. Yeah. Like, it's it's eternity with God. It's yep. down the road. It's something that we can't even seek. We can't even fully fathom. Yeah. Uh, and yet that's what it looks like to, to live in the fullest. And so, yeah, absolutely. This is true. It's not talking about, hey, you know what? I should just have abundance now. Right, like I should just live abundantly. Like mm-hmm. I should, like obviously God wants me to be rich. No, I know plenty of missionaries that are not rich that are all in for Jesus and killing it for the kingdom. Yeah, uh, and they are living full lives mm-hmm. because they're fulfilled by the purpose that God has given them, and will be even more full when they transition to that next life uh, where they get to be side by side with Him. Yeah, yeah, we have to redefine what full looks like, mm-hmm. and if we have that eternal perspective, it's going to look a lot different than it is going to be for our 70 plus years here on earth. Uh, So James 4.2 says this, you do not have because you do not ask God. That one seems pretty face value. Like if I ask God, he wants to give me these things. Yeah. Well, I think that there's a truth to that, right? Like a Mm -hmm. good father gives good gifts. We see that in scripture. He talks about that. Uh, And so like there is a reality where God does want to bless us. The intent of the seed of Abraham is for us to be a blessing to all nations. Like that's Blessing is is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, what it's not saying is that that God is a genie in the bottle for you. Mm. Like it's not. Sa- it, 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 this is about relationship. We even look at one of the Psalms, and I, I knew it. This is like the second time we've had this episode. This is true. Uh, so the first time I actually knew the the chapter off the top of my head. Don't remember it this time. But there's a Psalm where it talks about hey, like like God wants to grant you the desires of your heart. Uh, and if we read that at face value, it's like oh yeah, everything I want, He wants for me not fully true. If you look at the context, he's, the, the first part, he's really talking about, hey, l- listen, like, you're going to delight in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to delight, like, in his presence and, and let that fill you up. And when that happens, if I'm caught up in Jesus, crazy thing happens, my desires start to line up with his. Yeah. And so it's less about, hey, the desires of your heart, which is wicked and untrustworthy, according to scripture. It's not, it's not, hey, whatever you want, you're going to get. It's, hold on, God wants you first to be lined up with him. And when you line up with him, your desires line up with him. And then absolutely, like he wants that for us. Yeah. Uh, and so there is a, a shift that needs to happen where it's not just what I want. It's actually trying to, instead of saying, God, I want you to line up with me. It's, hey, I need to line up my heart with God. And then absolutely. Yeah. It'd be convenient if it was what we wanted. Right. But then it goes back to a genie in a bottle and. We, we talked about it. I don't know when this episode airs to the last one, but there's things that we want and desire that if God gave it to us, it would be detrimental to us. That wouldn't be good. You know, yeah. so it's it's important that we have that right perspective and that mm-hmm. right relationship to have the same desires as he does. Absolutely. So 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says this, Though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Yeah, so let's look at the context of this one. So this one is talking about Jesus. So when, when it says he, we're talking about Jesus. So yep. though he was rich, how was Jesus rich? Well, he was the king of the universe, right? Like he mm. is God, like in body, that's who he is. And so he, yet he, for your sake, became poor. How did he become poor? Well, he 
was born into a manger. Like mm-hmm. God of the universe decided to to wear diapers or whatever it was they wore back then. Like that is yep. stepping from royalty into something very different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's what it's that's the context of this is they're talking about literally the step that God took from being fully God to being fully God and fully man. And so when we transition to uh, so that you through poverty might become rich, it's not talking about that the kind of riches that we just naturally assume. Mm-hmm. It's not talking about your bank account. It's talking about the richness of being a child of like a child of the king. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's in the same context of design. And so when we're viewing these these verses, we really have to look at the context it's talking about because it would be really easy to be like, oh, he wants me to. To like make it rain. Like yeah. he wants me to have everything that I want. It's like, no, no, no. You're about to have more than you ever could want mm-hmm. because you are like your royalty now. Yeah. Like when you accept what he did on the cross, your royalty. Uh, and that is what richness in the views of the in the view of the kingdom mm-hmm. and kingdom citizenship, that's what that looks like. Yeah. And what's interesting about this too is that if if you hold on to that and you believe that it is about financial wealth and being rich and 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 being poor knowing that, okay, well, if I have a relationship with Jesus and this verse is saying like through his poverty, I'll become rich. Well, history has shown that just because you have a relationship with Jesus doesn't mean yep. that your bank account gets a couple of zeros and a couple of commas in it. Yeah. Or right? that you'll live long, right? Yeah. Stephen yeah. got hit by stones. It mm-hmm. wasn't great. Poor guy. But if you believe that, and then these things don't happen where you're not getting a, a full life to what we would say here on earth is like, oh, you know, they're full, they're famous, they have money then those two things are incompatible. And then mm-hmm. it's like, well, well, God's not showing up for me. So either I'm doing something wrong or, or God's God not care. able to do it. Yep. And that's really dangerous. So I'm glad you shed light on that. Next one is this Malachi 3.10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I love that. I, I love I love Malachi, the Italian prophet. Mm. It's like, uh, a, it's like a ice cream, like a like a fancy yeah, Italian yeah, ice absolutely. cream. Absolutely, yeah, mm. yeah. Is it just like an ice cream because they call it Italian ice? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so Malachi, I, I love that it, it talks about this. I think I think it's in the same chapter. It talks about testing him. Is that true? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. And so the only time that God says, "Hey, test me in this," is when He's in this chapter talking about finances. Uh, and it, it's really I, I love that because there is a very real truth to. Um, well, scripture in Matthew, it says like, you can only serve one master. You cannot serve money and, and God. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so when we take that step to give, give, it talks about tithing here. Uh, when I start to live generously with my money, there is a huge step. If I do it with the right heart that I can take in my relationship with Jesus, that is saying, Hey, you know what? I do only have one master and it's you. Like I'm, I'm really taking a step in obedience towards him. Yeah. That's a huge gift. And that's one of the few almost instant speed bursts, I would say, we can take in our walk Mm -hmm. uh, because it's so easy to do and yet so difficult to do, right? Like it's a click of a button now nowadays. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it's something that we covet. Like we love our money. We love our finances. The other piece of this one, though, uh, is when it talks about you're going to be blessed, right? Like I'm going to pour out blessing upon you. Our definition of blessing is very different than God's definition of blessed. Just like our definition of good is different than his definition of good. Yep. Uh, and so what I need to realize, I needed to, because this was a tension for me and Jenny when we first got married. Mm-hmm. Um, we had really been very inconsistent in our giving. And I kind of just like every now and again, like given money and she had done her own thing too. 
Uh, and so we we kind of sat down and we had to have a conversation because we could barely afford rent. Yeah. And we're like, hey, so what is God calling us to? And we really prayed about it. And we were like, okay, so what does generosity looks lo- look like in this season? And what does scripture say? And really unpacked it and sought counsel. And when we kind of came to a percentage, um, we had to realize, one, um, that our definition of blessing was, was going to be different than his. And two, that like God was going to... Like, if he's calling us to it, he's going to find a way through it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it's going to be the way we want. Might be getting a cheaper apartment. Right? Yep. Like, it might be changing our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had to, the question we had to wrestle with is if the blessing that God offers us in return is just a deeper relationship with him, is that enough? And we said yes. Yeah. And so we went for it and, and like, we watched God time and time again uh, show up in our hearts and in our lives. Uh, I, I think a lot of times indirect response to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it's opened up doors for, for us to have a closer relationship with him. And so, but we had to change that definition because if it was, Hey, I'm going to get money back in return. Well, that's not, that's not, it could happen. It has happened for us. Yeah. Um, like we're in the, the the process of adoption. Like God has like really opened those doors for us yeah, yeah. in a lot of huge ways because we couldn't afford it on our own. But at the same time, uh, there's also a reality too. His definition of blessing isn't just monetary. In fact, he's got so much more for us than that. Um, that has way more value than we could ever really kind of think about. Yeah, and even that value may not be something that we see here on this earth, right? right. Like the the blessing of a relationship with him that we get mm-hmm. eternal life instead of eternal separation from him. Like that's good in and of itself, but it it renders a sacrifice on our part of okay, well I'm going to give. Um, this because he's calling me to it. Yeah. You know, it's a byproduct of it. Yeah. And so test him is what is, yeah. is my was our takeaway. It's like, hey, you know what? He promises blessing. We don't know what blessing means, uh, but we're going to step out in faith and test this. Uh, and he literally that month showed up in such big w- It's a longer story than we got time for, but in such big ways yeah. um, that literally it, it led me to just like falling apart. Like I was away with the army and I just like was weeping in the barracks, like under my sleep. I was like, I'm an infantry guy. Like I gotta be tough. Yeah. Like, so I'm just like by myself, but just weeping because he had just wrecked me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that never would have happened. Yeah. That experience never would have happened if we weren't faithful with our finances. And wow. so, uh, his definition of blessings a little different. Yeah. So next one, I'm going to skip one down for us, Josh. It's going to be John 14, 14. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Yeah, I mean, this ties back into one we, we had talked about, uh, like James James 4. Um, like, again, if my heart is lined up with his, absolutely. If I ask it in his name, not for my name, not for my glory, not for my wants, not for my desires, but if it lines up with his will, for his purpose, for his mission, for his glory, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but again, if I'm not side by side with him, I'm not going to know those things. Yeah. And we kind of had an episode talking about that. Like, what is God telling me? Um, and where that can be sometimes a hesitation. Like, I don't sure. know. How do I align myself with God? How do I even know what he's saying to me? How can I align with something like that? You know? Uh, so it's a great episode. I don't know if it's out yet or not, but we had mahogany on and it was a delight. You should all listen to it because I think it also gives some insight of yeah. this action step of what we're talking about. You know? Yeah, no doubt. So last one, Josh, mm. this one. This is the one I've been waiting for. You love this one. So I saved it for last. I know. I saw that. So I want everybody to get their Hobby Lobby cups, their mugs, their Letterman mm, jackets oh. from high school. They got their tattoos. Uh, am I getting too personal? Tattooed, I'm so sorry that I'm about to ruin this. You might need to just zone out for a minute. That's yeah, tough. Yeah, or schedule a, a laser 
removal. But sounds awful. Here it is, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Mm. Everyone's favorite verse. We for I know it. the plans yes. that I have for you. Yes, he does. Declares the Lord. Amen. Plans to prosper you. Yep. And not to harm you. That's true. Plans to give you hope. Mm. And and what, Josh? A future. And a future. So. I mean, that sounds pretty point blank. Like uh, he's so got good. the plans for me. He wants me to prosper. You know, like if God's a loving God, he would want me to. And it sounds like that's what this verse is, is saying mm. to me, right? Yeah. Uh, so I love that the way you just worded that. It sounds the way that he is talking to me. Two things. One, he's not talking to a person. He's talking to Israel in this chapter. Yeah. Uh, and so if he's talking to Israel, he is not promising you as an individual that everything's going to go the way you want because he's got plans to prosper you and not to harm you. In fact, Jesus promises that harm will come our way. Yeah. Um, and so he's talking about the bride of Christ. Uh, well, this is before Christ, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, like the children of Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's his plan. Now, here's the other piece, and this is what is not on your mug. Um, Israel messed up. Big and so time. Israel messed up. They're about to go into exile. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Israel goes to God and they're like, hey, like, man, forgive us. Like, we really. So we, sorry. We, we goofed up. We did it again. Did it again. <laughs> and you stiff necked people. Come yeah. on. Uh, and God's response is this verse. But also he says, listen, I got plans for you. I got plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Like Israel, you're like, I love you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're also about to go into 70 years of exile, and it's mm. going to be really hard. Yeah. And it's not what you want, but it's my plan for you, mm-hmm. and that's what is going to happen. Like, this verse is not about everything going their way. In fact, it was going—it's the exact opposite of what they were asking of God. Yeah. And God said, listen, I love you. So it's like a parent, you know? Like, like when my daughter does something uh, that requires consequences— uh, and like, because like grace is something that we offer in our, our family and yeah. consequences are also a thing that we offer in our family. Mm-hmm. And so she'll be like, dad, I want grace. I want grace. I want grace. And I was like, baby, yeah. the way I'm responding to you is grace. Like, I love you and I've got plans for you and I'm here for you and I will never abandon you. But there is a cost mm-hmm. and there's a consequence to the choices that you've made. Yeah. Uh, and so even though I've got wonderful plans for you down the road right now, you're going to have to you're going to have to work this off, and you're going to really have to wrestle through this. This is going to be hard. Um, and this is what God's saying in this verse. It's not, yeah. hey, my plans are just real good, and you're going to love them. It's, I've got great plans for you, Israel. I've got them. But right now, you're going into exile for 70 years. Most of you aren't going to see the fruit that I've, I've got yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's good mm-hmm. because it's my plan. Uh, and that's what we got to lean on. And that's why, like, I know this isn't really like a context episode it's a name it claim it episode right but these are all verses that they use but context matters so stinking much because we can take at a glimpse all these verses and turn it sideways and change the translation and just try to figure it out to manipulate it and make it mean whatever i want it to mean yeah and that's dangerous like like we're not a people meant to create our own god we're people meant to follow the god that created the universe and if that's the case man we got to stop stop trying to twist things and and like because again like the most convincing lie is a twisted truth. Mm-hmm. So we're just trying to twist. No, no, no. We need to just say, hey, God, what do you have for me? Yeah. Okay. So if I'm in his word, what's the context? Who's he talking to? Why is he doing it? Like, what else has he said in this area? Because like, hey, is he talking about like riches, like in wealth? Because he does talk about wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, or is he talking about eternity with him? Like, what is what is going on here? Yeah. Uh, and if we just take it at 
this snippet where it's like, hey, this will fit on a mug. This is really good. Yeah. We're going to be really confused a lot of the time. Sure. Yeah. I think mugs aren't big enough at Hobby Lobby. So it's easy just to throw that verse on and not the Big, rest of the bigger chapter. mugs, <gasps> jugs, more coffee. You would love a coffee jug. I know you would. Cause you're, I mean, you're drinking coffee right now and it is 4 PM. Yeah. 419 because we only record at 419 podcast 419. And each episode's only one minute long. Thanks for listening. And it's like Jack Bauer stuff. Yeah. Straight out of 24. Let's but what go. you were saying before too, I think it's so important and really alludes to discipleship really well, because if we're reading scripture on our own, and like you said, it's not a context episode, but when you're new to the faith and you're, you're a spiritual infant, you're going to be reading this stuff and it can be very easy. I know for myself included that sure. if I was reading it when I was a new believer, I would read Jeremiah 29, 11. Mm. I've seen it everywhere. And yeah, yeah. I would think, man, God only wants good things for me. He only wants me Which to is prosper. True. And it is true, but it, it's what I want. So like right. knowing me, like I, I want more money. Like I want the true. nice car. I want the nice house. I want the good family, all of these things. And when that doesn't happen, it's like, well, what the heck, God? Like, am I doing something wrong? Or is it just because you're not a good God? Maybe right. you're not strong or powerful enough to do it. And yeah. so having someone who's more spiritually mature, who's able to then walk with me and say, well, hold on a second. This isn't what this is talking about. This is, you know, saying about eternal, you know, blessing, or we need to redefine what good looks like and what prosperity in terms of what Jesus is talking about looks like. And I think that's such a huge thing to bring it back to, which is Jesus. Mm. So like we see his life here on earth and you talked a little bit about it, but his life in terms of the prosperity gospel, like was Jesus when he was here on this earth, was he prospering? Like, was he rich? What was he up to? Well, he didn't have a home. He was homeless. Yep. Uh, he was a wanderer. Sojourner, some would um, say. That's true. Mm. Um, he was born in a manger. Mm-hmm. He died on a cross. I'm going to go with that doesn't line up with my typical definition of blessing, abundance, fullness of life. Yeah. Yeah. So if that's the life that Jesus lived here on this earth mm. and that we look at him and say, man, he he paid the ultimate price like he did the darn thing. And so we look at Jesus when he was here on this earth and the model that he left, and then we look at ourselves, it's hard to think that, okay, man, what I think of prosperity in terms of wealth, in terms of, if you're thinking about it, like I'm going to get an abundance because I have a relationship. Sure. When we can just look at Jesus in his life and see those, those things don't line up and he was God. Mm -hmm. So, and he did have fullness of life and he did all the things that are promised in these verses are 100% true for Jesus's life. Mm Mm-hmm. And so if it doesn't match up with my expectation of abundance and fullness and, and blessing, well, that just means that my definition is confused because Jesus did it, Jesus lived it, and I'm supposed to be, an imita- as a disciple, an imitator of him. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, we need to change our definitions, which is, I mean, honestly, the root issue of Name It, Claim It Gospel is they'll take these words and they'll use the same words and they'll have... <clears throat> And this just keeps happening to me today. I know, you're getting worked uh, up. It's okay. They'll, <laughs> um, they'll use the same words and they'll have different definitions. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds great until you really look at what they're saying and what they're trying to articulate and trying to make it all self-help. It's all about growing myself and being better myself and like having more whatever. Um, let's hold on. 
the gospel is not about me. I'm not a main character in the gospel. I'm not the hero. In fact, I'm I'm at best I'm the villain. Yeah. Um, a villain that needed redeemed and saved. Mm-hmm. And because I was redeemed and saved, I'm gonna point to the hero that saved me. Mm-hmm. It's not about my finances. It's not about this this life. Like it's about where I'm going in the next life and encouraging and challenging and loving other people to step into that next life as well. Yeah. And what I love that you said is like the, a lot of the verbiage is the same and like you could read the same verse and get something completely different out of it. So something important to do, like if you hear someone talking about it or the kind of have that mindset, just asking questions, staying curious and saying, mm-hmm. you know, how did you come to that conclusion? Or like, where did you find that? Or what do you mean by this? Because when you kind of strip all of the the fancy language back and the different things, it can really set implications as to, man, what is this person believing? What am I believing too? And really, then you can have a constructive dialogue of, okay, man, I want this person to know the true gospel. And so what are some resources that we can send people to where they can get a, a fuller or maybe a better understanding of prosperity gospel, what they can do about it, what to look out for. Yeah, uh, uh, just to highlight this one more time, though. Prosperity gospel is, um, it's everywhere. But if I've seen it most in one place, like living in Houston area, um, it's all over the place here. Yeah. Like it's there's so many different places that, and we're not, we're not going to name drop anybody, but there's so many different locations where they say one thing and this is what they're driving people to is like, Hey man, like you, you should be rich too. Like you should have this too. And it's like, hold on, that's not the promise. And so we bring this up because this is highly relevant in the context that we live in, in our area. Uh, one, one, uh, resource that we have, um, that we would, that I would strongly encourage people. So Ben and Angie Hyman brought this up to me uh, about two years ago. They said, Hey, have you watched, it's a documentary. It's called the American gospel. Uh, there's two of them. Right. Uh, so one is, um, I think, Christ crucified, and that one's on progressivism. And there's the American gospel, Christ alone, which is on the name it, claim it gospel. Yeah. Uh, and that's a great resource to create uh, a deeper understanding on what it is, but also a greater resource as as we try to figure out how to identify it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some very clear indicators that we can be looking out for. This is something that I have a huge passion for because I'm sending out students uh, when they graduate, like they are going often to, to different colleges or different places yeah. uh, where they need to find a new church home. Mm-hmm. And so one of my roles in breaking the statistics of what happens to students after they graduate high school, uh, one of my roles is to help them understand how to find a healthy uh, Bible teaching church. Yeah. Uh, and one of the ways is through a resource like the American Gospel Christ Alone, uh, by allowing them to be able to un- identify some of the warning signs that, hey, that maybe this church is not as Bible-centered as maybe they like to be perceived. Yeah, and especially with Prosperity Gospel, like, it's honestly so attractive, right? Right. Like, if you if you just take everything away and, and see it um, for, for what it is usually proposed as, it's like, okay, well... I want, I want blessing and all I have to do is have this relationship, you know, with God where I'm going to get eternal life anyway. So like, this seems, this seems great, especially if you're in a place where, man, things aren't going well for me. Sure. It, it is attractive. And that's why I think, especially in our context, it's something that's so prevalent because it is, it is attractive and it promises things that quite frankly, it can never fully deliver on or, or deliver on at all, honestly. And even if it did, that's not the point. 
You know, mm-hmm. even if like like hey, I did give money and I somehow got the promotion. I'm still missing the eternity behind it all. Like it's not about those things. Uh, and so I would say one of the one of the greatest moves the enemy could ever pull is give us what we want in those times where we're trying to bypass and play God. Mm-hmm. Um, because then, man, how much more convinced I will be in the fake God that I created. Wow. Wow. I think I don't have anything to add to that because that was that was beautiful. And that was that was a bar. So. All right, guys. Well, uh, hey, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, if you are trying to figure out this discipleship thing, which is something that all of us are called to, uh, feel free to reach out. Drop a comment. Uh, send an email. I'm Josh at SciLifeChurch.com. You got Brian at SciLifeChurch.com. Like, we want to help connect you to those discipling relationships, those people that you can press in with, uh, because this conversation isn't isn't meant to be in lieu of being a disciple maker. This is actually meant to be a supplement to really partner with you as you disciple others to be able to have these conversations uh, that you're equipped and knowledgeable to be able to press in. We love doing this with you guys. And Mm -hmm. as always, we'll see you next week. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Podcast 419. If you want to learn more about us, you can check us out on our website, podcast419.com. 